Tommy's like, let's option this script. Let's option this book or this script or whatever so that we can have that, you know, to, to, to make this movie in a whatever amount of time. And I'm like, well, let's put a little bit into savings, you know, for a rainy day. What if something happens? You know, so that's where our minds were just different. Um, and it was like a huge fight. I don't know that, I don't remember it being like, we were mad at each other, but we were definitely not on the same page at all. We are inundated with information about taking care of our personal finances, but what can financial health look like for couples? Should couples use joint accounts? Should they keep their money separate? Who pays the bills? How much should a couple invest in their business? Today's guests, Cody Oliver and Tommy Oliver, have made a name for themselves by creating Black Love, the acclaimed docuseries shining a spotlight on the nuances of love and relationships. On this episode, they allow me to get all up in their business with questions that many don't feel comfortable asking or answering for that matter about their financial habits, goals, and business finances. Cody and Tommy give a 360 degree look into their money decisions, both as business partners and as husband and wife. Something I loved about this episode is being able to see this couple's dynamic. Although they're complete opposites, they complement each other so well. So, Get out your notepad and a pen and be prepared to take some notes. I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, so those that don't know, who are you? What do you do? I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I am a storyteller and director of the docuseries Black Love, which I co-created with my hubby to the left of me. I am Tommy Oliver, also known as Mr. Cody Oliver. I'm her husband. Mr. Cody yes. Elaine Oliver. <laughs> right. You better get that middle name in there, sir. Um, <laughs> when you were dating, I know you celebrated your fifth anniversary this year in February. If I'm, I did a, yes. a little social media lurking, a little bit. You so are correct. correct. I'm wrong. Okay. Um, so you were dating five years ago. And I just want to know, can you kind of dig into... I guess the journey of um, not just you as a couple, but like how your financial decisions have maybe evolved since then. (laughs) Absolutely. In part because, well, we met and got engaged in six months. So we moved in together after, I say three, but I think it's two. Or we agreed at two and then we did it at three. It was about three. Okay, so we moved in together after three months. So, like, if you're not talking about finances a little bit at that point, then something's wrong. Um, But, so, you know, things moved very quickly. And I was working at a full-time job making, you know, $5 a year. Um, A very (laughs) low-paying job, actually in PR at the time. Um, And Tommy was an independent filmmaker. What does that mean for your financial? (laughs) It it meant that, well... Like you always say, I was a filmmaker, but I was also a business person and an entrepreneur. And I was doing okay. I just made my second movie and had a bunch of stuff that I was working on or putting together moving forward. I wasn't making money, but I was making plans to make money. Okay. Okay. So that sounds like, I don't know, maybe a little, I guess a little dating, you know, tip where... If you guys are starting out and you're just now dating and maybe you think, okay, this might be somebody I can actually marry and spend a life with. Um, if 
whether or not you're making a lot of money early on, it is important that you're at least planning and doing that, having those discussions about, you know, where the future is. So I think that's, you know, very, very telling. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, we, <laughs> I actually Googled Tommy the day that I met him because I didn't want Good. to date a filmmaker. And um, in part because, you know, as as filmmakers, there's not a lot of money early on, or at least in most cases, there's not a lot of money early on. You're working very, very hard. Tommy just mentioned he had two films under his belt at that point, but they were both indie films. One was at Sundance, one was at Toronto. Neither, as he said, had made money, but they opened tons of doors and he's very good at leveraging those doors. So I Googled him the day that we met. Of course, I didn't know any of this. I just saw this artist and... Um, <laughs> I learned that he had gone to Carnegie Mellon and studied economics and digital media. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was like, Oh, okay. That, that said a responsible business minded person to me. Yeah. So I, I, my crush only intensified at that point. <laughs> so Tommy, did you, did you Google uh, Cody? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a thing that like women that we do? Cause you say that I'm like, of course you did. Of course you right. Googled him. Right. Can you kind of just dig into how you guys even met? What was your first Wait, date like? But uh -oh. can I give you, can I tell you one thing? He did not Google yeah. me, but, and I will, I guess this, this goes into how we met, but I'm going to say this part first. When we finally connected, like when we finally started talking and I mentioned, you know, yeah, I went to the Stark program, USC, which is a producing program. That's when I saw the stars in his eyes. So ah. either he saw a life of making movies together or he just was like impressed. But I feel like that was his version of the, the Google response. So I'm sapiosexual, which yes. means I, I really am. Yes. And so the, the idea of her having gone to USC for her master's, like she said, when she Googled me, it was like, oh, okay. I like people who are <laughs> driven, people who are smart, people who can get stuff done. And so yeah. I need more than just a pretty face, which is what she is, but there's also a brain in there. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Respect. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Respect. I love it. I, I appreciate it. Um, and I, we were talking about this before we technically started recording, but I just love the dynamic between you two because... I'm watching you on a video and it's just, you guys are, it's, it's gold. Um, so can we please kind of dig into, how I want to dig more into, yes, how okay. you met and um, just kind of take me through that journey a little bit. So I was doing PR for Canon, the camera company, and we had a lounge at the Hollywood Reporter um, and oh, at the Hollywood Reporter space at the Toronto Film Festival. Okay. Um, and so filmmakers would come in the lounge to take photos with the Hollywood Reporter and we would keep them busy talking about equipment. So on this particular day, um, Tommy was in the space looking at the equipment and I was like late to, to the lounge. So I come in and I'm like, hmm, who's that? Um, because there's not a lot of black filmmakers at Toronto, especially in that space, right? The Hollywood Reporter space. Um, and so I walked over to where he was talking to my colleagues and I just kind of, you know, did a little, little hair toss and, um, at least that's how I remember it. But I, you know, I just gave, I gave a little <laughs> bit of my, my best, you know, hi, I'm here face. I didn't say anything. And, uh, he paid me no attention at all. Of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. 
And so he, after he's done talking about equipment, also, it might seem like I am not allowing him to speak. It's because I know that he doesn't ever tell this story. He always says, (laughs) let her tell it and forces me into it. So he leaves looking at the equipment and goes over to like the bar area of the lounge. And I said to my colleagues, um, does he live in LA? They said, yes. I said, is he interested in the equipment? Um, They said, yes. I said, all right. So I get my card. I walk over to where he is and I introduce myself. Hi, I'm Cody. I work with the Canon team. If you're interested in talking about the Canon equipment further, you know, let's, let's talk, right? A little, little little conversation. Okay. Right. Just that extra step so that he could really take in all that, all of that was here. Right. (laughs) So, So he, again, he really paid me no attention. We, we, we just talked about his film that had premiered the night before and, you know, Toronto and blah, blah, blah. And so uh, the one thing he did say was nice dress, right? And it was a very basic dress. So I was like, okay, he paying attention. I see, I see the blur. <laughs> um, we ran into each other two other times that day. One was just like a faraway wave. And, and by then I had Googled him, right? So after he left the yes. Hollywood Reporter, I was like, who is this guy, right? And I was like, yeah. oh, he's smart. So I, <laughs> I gave him the wave later. We waved at each other later in the theater. And then the last time we saw each other was at a party, like well after midnight. So this is 12 hours since we met. And um, we run into each other and I just, I'm trying to chat him up again. And, um, I said, this is a 10 day festival. I said, how long are you at the festival? He said, we don't leave till Saturday. And I said, well, we leave on Wednesday night, but we don't work on Wednesday during the day. If he wanted to like chat and he goes, are you hitting on me? (laughs) So bold. I love it. Mortifying. (laughs) I would have felt a little mortified too. Like, like, sir, technically, yes, I am. However, do you have to right. call it out? Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I don't know. And at that point, someone walks over to him and they're like, hey, Tom, I need you to come over here. And he says, okay, don't move right to me. And I'm like, okay, sure. Right. As soon as he walks away, I'm out. Right. I'm done with this. I am, I am mortified. So I walk to some other area of the party and then... I walk over and I find her and we start talking <laughs> and we wound up talking until three in the morning that night. We talked until five in the morning the following night. We had lunch the day after that. And then a week later, I got back to LA and we hung out that Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And at that point, I called five people and I said, unless something goes terribly wrong, I'm marrying this woman. Cut Aww. to six months later. The rooftop of the Hotel Wilshire, I was turning 30 at a party with about 120 people. I proposed to her there. She said yes. And then 11 months after that, we got married in Costa Rica. But before that, we were shooting, we were shooting Black Love. (laughs) This is true. Yes. And that's what I was going to ask because I'm just in in doing some research. I did see that you guys started doing Black Love before you were married. So I wondered, how did you decide to kind of go into business as partners together? You didn't want to do it. I did not. She didn't. Well, I wouldn't say that was the case with Black Love. It started with that. In general, like you didn't want to go into business together. I did not want to do things together that were like work-related things. Um, Tell me why. Why? 
because remember we moved very quickly. So this was like probably month one or two maximum that he had this idea for us to do this like networking event together. Cause I was doing these networking brunches in LA and I don't think you had been doing the networking dinners, but you had been talking with friends about like, let me get together some black directors mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so I, he, he was like, let's do it together. Right. And I was like, nah, I'm good because I didn't <laughs> want, especially early, I didn't want to ruin anything. I didn't mm. want it to go badly and it affect the relationship. I didn't want it to too be a, a stressful, what do you mean too late? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want it to be stressful in any way that prohibited us from really truly getting to know each other um, the way that we should have been in month two. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that part. But at the same time, we talked about Black love very early and he loved the idea. Um, and as a cinematographer, producer, technical person, he felt like we could get it done, just the two yeah. of us. And so I'm pretty sure you probably said that early on. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, all right. You know, and then it took probably a couple of weeks for him to be like, so what's up? We're going to get a camera loan or what are we doing? You know, so it happened very quickly in terms of that. Um, I'm the sort of person where I, I hate people who talk about, oh, I really want to do this thing. Or, man, it will, it will be nice if, what? Shut up. Do it. And so I just have very little patience for that. And it was something that was a good idea that she was passionate about. And so I don't say things idly. And so we talked yeah. about it. And it was very much, okay, we're doing this. And so it's not cut to a month later and this thing is just something that was a passing conversation. Nah. Nah. So it sounds, it sounds like it sounds like you guys do have that um <clears throat> I guess kind of that yin and yang energy where you know like you kind of can feed off of each other in a really healthy way. So I think it is great to have someone like that that's like, "No, you're not going to just talk about these ideas. We're going to do this." And yeah. if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And we'll move on to the next idea. So the I thing love that, that comes I think with that's that, a healthy. Though. I think I think it is. That? But as the as the the person who often pushes her outside of her comfort zone, because again, she's fantastic. She's incredible and she has so much potential. But as the person who sometimes is the person pushing her, I also feel the brunt of that as her husband. Yep. Um, no, but for example, <laughs> for example. I was gonna ask for an example. I'm like, okay, okay. But 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 a non-work related like analogy because while that is the case work wise, it's the case in every way. And I remember thinking early on, like, man, he pushes me out of my comfort zone, and sometimes it's really scary, and I hate it. But I probably need it. And so I would say those first four days that we went on dates back to back. I think it was the first four days. He took me like on a surprise date, and we went indoor rock climbing that was date number three was on that saturday date number three. Oh my God. <laughs> luckily it was wait, three wait, wait, because were you, were you oh, prepared ahead. for that you didn't just show up in a cute dress and it was like i okay, think that he climbing. told me to dress casually <laughs> you know told me to wear sneakers that kind of thing okay. but it was terrifying but here's the thing <laughs> i you, I you knew who i was day three what you oh when do you mean day three in toronto toronto and date three and so as you can't be surprised cut to years later where I'm still, mm-hmm. Okay, but all I'm saying is that is the, an example of your purging that is kind of like, well, yeah, you're doing this, right? You're about to rock on. <laughs> I mean, I was really- And she did it. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that <laughs> translates to zip lining and yeah. <laughs> creating things that I'm not ready to create. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's all there. And so sometimes there are tears <laughs> and okay. sometimes it's over like rock climbing and I don't feel better for it, but, uh, okay. <laughs> have so there been, but, but the ends justify the means. But I do have a question for you guys. <laughs> yes. Um, it sounds like that can be, okay, clearly getting you out of your comfort zone, um, Cody, that sounds like a great thing, but I do wonder, Tommy, does that kind of, does that have a weight on you? Like, do you bring that kind of same energy into the businesses that you guys do? Like, is it kind of hard to kind of get Cody out of maybe her comfort zone when in pursuit of business opportunities? Cody is sitting I see her there. shaking her head, yes. Head, yes. <laughs> what do you, did you say yes? And you ha- meanwhile, you have a big question mark on your face. I don't want to get you in hot water, but that's basically it. I'm not trying to get in trouble. <laughs> so, I don't want to get you in trouble. You can speak delicately and not be speak in delicately. Trouble. Be, be gentle. Since when do I speak delicately? When you're speaking of your wife. Try it. I love you. Okay. I it it's a it is a dance because okay. I am, there's a lot that I want us to do. And I say us because I want to be able to build things together. I want to be able to have something that is ours and it requires both of us to contribute in substantial ways. And those things are hard. I mean, th- I mean, those things are very hard. And when you're balancing a family and a spouse and multiple businesses and multiple things going on inside of those businesses, it can be a lot to juggle. But for me, I don't have as much patience as I probably should have Mm -hmm. because I know where I want us to be and I know what it takes to, to get there. And so, yeah, it's hard. We could do a whole part two on just that. <laughs> I mean, I have so many questions that I want to just ask about, just about, of course, your relationship and your dynamic at large, but I do have some money questions and things for you too. Um, what's what your, you got? Of course, of course. <laughs> what is your, how do you tackle your, fan, your finances as a couple? Are there like multiple shared accounts? Are there like, does one, is one person responsible for this set of bills and the other person takes this? What is your dynamic and how does that translate into your finances that you tackle for business? Because there's personal divide and a business divide. Mm-hmm. I have a slush fund where I hide all the money from her. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen the way he was like waiting <laughs> to get that I, in. I, I can see, like I'm looking, <laughs> I'm seeing the face. Like, well, guys, you heard it here. You heard it here. <laughs> so he has a slush right. Fund. <laughs> um, okay, let me think. So we have a, so let me go back a little bit. We lived together, um, three months, we were married. We lived together three months after we met (laughs) and three months after that, we got engaged and, and that was March by summer. We had discussed me by early summer, probably we had discussed or decided that I was going to quit my job and we were going to work together. We were going to produce a movie that was coming up in the fall. That was the, hence the timing of it was like, well, this movie's happening. It's happening in Detroit. So we either doing it together or we're not. Well, what I said was I was uninterested in being in Detroit for two or three months by myself. If we're actually going to get to a place where we're making movies together, we might as well just start right now. Right. And so I had to quit my job without 
reserved. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like we spent a lot of time talking about this and I'm putting something mm-hmm. aside. So he had just produced the perfect guy. And um, we were essentially about to like live off of that. Um, and so the conversations started right then. I mean, this was probably like nine months into our relationship as a whole, nine months into knowing each other. Um, and we had to discuss how to how to utilize money, um, both on a day-to-day level, on a it's technically his, but what what is my allowance? Like what are we what what does that look like? Yeah. Um and and then we got into a big thing over savings versus investing. Investing okay. in us, not investing in the stock market. Yeah. But like, you know, we have, I don't remember numbers, so I'm not being vague here, but we have like a little bit of money or Tommy's like, let's option this script. Let's option this book or this script or whatever so that we can have that, you know, to 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 make this movie in a whatever amount of time. And I'm like, well, let's put a little bit into savings, you know, for a rainy day. What if something happens? You know, so that's where our minds were just different. Um, and it was like a huge fight. I don't know that I don't remember it being like we were mad at each other, but we were definitely not on the same page at all. No, we were 100% coming from different places Completely. where she wanted money in the bank and I wanted our money to work for us so yeah. that we could eventually have much more money in the bank. So that was the beginning of just figuring out like where, how to, how do we compromise if that's a thing, how to, or for me to just be like, okay, because I recognize his background in economics and business, uh, because I recognize his discipline and passion and ability to turn a dollar into a hundred, um, and, and probably a little bit of blind trust. Like I'm in a relationship and I don't have, it's not like I have a plan for this money. It's just more so my comfort. So let me put some faith in us and him here. So in some ways it was just like, well, you better make it work, you know? Yeah, I mean, to be definitely. honest, that sometimes that happens in relationships where you don't, you're not on the same page. And sometimes it's huge, like a, a money. And sometimes it's small. Like, do we eat at this restaurant or that restaurant? You just be like, oh, fine, you win. And so this was a little <laughs> bit of that, right? Um, okay. We were not going to get past it otherwise. So um, it sounds like, it sounds like there's a dynamic between you guys too, where maybe one of you is a little bit more cautious than the other but um but it also sounds like because you have that economic background where you know you you know you know what you're talking about but because maybe cody didn't come from that background it she kind of just said okay i just have to trust you yeah (laughs) i just gotta trust this man he knows what he's talking about and just you know it and we'll just do the rest and it's also frankly, that it's not like we, we were in early in our careers at that point. So we're not talking about, we got three kids and we're trying to gamble a hundred thousand dollars, right? Like mm-hmm. if we failed, if, if, if his idea to invest in this failed, we would figure it out. So, so the stakes were low enough for me to make that decision. And frankly, it pay, it has paid off in terms, not just in terms of investing in ourselves, but in terms of me um, trusting in that moment was just an example whether where the stakes were low that have that has only um, made us more successful as a couple uh, going forward. Got it. So I see so, how it might be harder for people who have a lot more to <laughs> to play with. So so do you guys share any bank accounts? <laughs> Back to the original question. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, and, and no, it's <laughs> yes, okay. but the answer starts. No, then. It. it starts. Yeah, it does. It starts. It right absolutely then. does. So we have a joint account which we okay. pay bills from, 
and we each have individual accounts. Mm -hmm. And we always have since that, that nine month in period. Yeah. Um, and so as far as uh, who actually does the bill paying, right? Like I do for the most part, there's actually like some things that I pay and some things that you pay, but pretty much all of it's on auto pay. <laughs> it's just that we're responsible for different <laughs> portions of it. Yeah. Got it. yeah it's if, it's, if it's not an auto pay on my end, it's not getting paid. And it's all from the yeah. joint account. So our personal okay. accounts are really truly just for personal things. Um, and I, I've been saying this a lot lately as we've been having these current currency conversations that, you know, we have now three small kids, businesses together, and we live together. There's nothing off, no dollar is off the table, right? So yeah. it's like, while personals for personal, sometimes diapers or a crib or whatever comes from personal, like, oops, I Definitely. forgot to use that car today. You know? Definitely. Do you have any tips for other couples out there still trying to figure out this delicate dance in terms of like who's paying for what and you know how yeah. do you figure that dynamic out i think for for me and this goes back to the idea of wanting us to be in business together it was very much about partnership and we i was committed to the end and given that we have shared goals, given that we plan to be together, given that we have three kids and so we're always yeah. going to be bound, there was never a me versus her for anything at all. And so it's like, how do we make this work together for us? And so given that it made it a lot easier to figure out whatever it was. And so if she needed money, if the joint account needed money, if I needed money, it was just, okay, fine. And it wasn't about tracking a dollar it wasn't about keeping tabs on anything at all and so but well i'll say two things one is that personality wise while all of that is true he's also very he's only gonna do what he thinks is best so like we could have a differing opinion if he feels like he's right on it mm -hmm. he's just gonna be like no, we're not, we're not going to put any money in savings because it's just going to sit there. So this is what we're going to do. And it doesn't mean he's going to like take the money and go do it, but he's just going to like, not, this is not a compromise. That's, that's very true. And so, but, but that for me comes down to, I am owning that there are things that we need to do. And sometimes we are going to disagree, but if I am confident that I can deliver on what I'm saying, then I'm going to take this hit right now for us, which means you may be mad at me right now, but ultimately I'm going to get us to where we need to be. He will do that. And that said, mm -hmm. I did open a savings account. I think I told you after the yeah. fact, I don't think I told you like today I opened mm -hmm. a savings account, but I said yes. And I let him do what he wanted to do as far as investing. I didn't like open it right then because we didn't have any money. But once there was a little <laughs> bit of money, oh, I remember it's when I was doing the freelancing for, for Zola. When, um, when there was a little bit of money, I immediately started putting something in savings and it wasn't like Got for it. me, it was just like, it made me feel better. Um, Can I ask, um, uh -huh. you said a little bit, a little bit of money. What's a little bit of money? Um, I was making really well, good money freelancing. I think you put in $5,000 in the savings Got account. It. Probably. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. like that, that was the beginning of it. Yep. And, um, and again, this was all, this all happened. So in such a short period, I mean, we were talking about 2014 when we were engaged and we decided to work together and we were having this argument over what to do with our little bit of money. And by the end of 2014, that's when I was freelancing for BT and, um, 
And that's when I opened the savings account. We didn't even have health insurance. Like that's how money was yeah. at that time. Well, I know that I know insurance. that struggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that was that was when that was. But what I was gonna say in answer to your question about tips really is like to communicate, to communicate openly and honestly about like what you want, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it sounds selfish, or even if you don't realize it's selfish right? Just communicating about it so that you're both on the same page about like where your comfort level is. Mm -hmm. Um, and then figuring out what you can do to both be comfortable. Even if that means, um, well, we're going to just have separate everything. Like, like what I think is really important for couples is to realize that there's (laughs) there's no one way. And a lot of times people are like, well, when you get married, you have a joint account. That's just what it is. Or when you get married, the man pays for everything, whatever. Like, People just have to realize that it, there's no one way and that whatever you want is valid. It just needs to be discussed so that two people can come to one accord on how to move forward. There, mm, I love that. So, of course, I can't not talk to you about this, but um, it is, uh, we're in the middle of a, we're, no, 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 we're, <clears throat> excuse me, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Things are weird. Um, I'm seeing you on a video chat because of course I'm like uh, sitting in a bathroom because the sound is great and <laughs> with your toilet paper here. reserves with my to- behind you. With my toilet paper reserves behind me. Um, we're in the middle of a pandemic and I'm talking to you, you know, during this crazy surreal time. So I'm kind of curious, like has the pandemic, has this impacted your finances? Like um, especially as a couple with productions going on, were things halted? What's going on? So it's been an interesting thing for us where we have between our two companies, Confluential Films and Black Love, we have about 20 employees. And so we made the commitment that nobody was going to lose their job because of COVID-19. Now, if they started slacking, they would lose their jobs in a second, but not because of what was happening with the coronavirus. And that said, it's been it's been a very hard time for this country and all the things that are going on. And so it's been tough to watch all of that. On the other side of it, for for me, it was how do we as a company or companies pivot immediately? How do we figure out how to stay alive and not just stay alive, but how do we figure out how to thrive? And yeah. so We've been continuing to develop. We've been continuing to put out more content. And I'm even more bullish. And Cody and I, we haven't fully had this conversation yet, but I'm... (laughs) Cody's Cody's face. I don't know what he's about to say. (laughs) But I'm, I'm all for spending even more money and finding there's great talent. Who, who weren't available before, who are oh, available yeah. now. Oh, and so yeah. really continuing to, to dig in because I am, I, I take a very long approach to things. And so I'm not concerned about making money today or tomorrow or next month or six months from now. I'm looking at a horizon that's five, 10, 20 years. And so yeah. to be able to put us in, in our companies in a place where we can continue to thrive and build something that is, able to sustain and something that that we can be proud of. And so it's always for me, where is the silver lining in whatever a situation is? So also one of the things that we haven't said thus far is that we own Black Love. 
the docuseries, mm -hmm. which we created and pitched as a, as a complete first season. Um, there was no distributor on board until, until we showed them a full episode and a treatment and sizzle for the full first season. And so own came on board as our distributor, but we own it, which means that we have been able to leverage that content um, for live events, which obviously we can't do right now, but um, for live events, for more um, content distribution opportunities, so streaming, um, we created blacklove.com. We have Black Love social channels that have Black Love show clips and bonus clips, clips that were unaired, as well as um, we have created this platform out of blacklove.com and the social channels to speak to 360 degrees of black love, parenthood, so, sisterhood, dating, et cetera. So what you mean is we own black love, the show, but we also own black love, the media company. Correct. Outright. Just the two of us. Correct. Outright. <laughs> and, and so as a result, you know, a lot of that pivoting that he's referring to, um, in, I mean, in addition to, as he mentioned, uh, being able to grow funds decades down the line, but a lot of that pivoting is, all right, one, we can't shoot any couples right now. Um, while we are actively editing couples that we've already shot, um, cause we did a lot of work early this year. We, we just keep shooting constantly. Um, yeah. but while we are editing that, we can't shoot any new couples. So what can we do with blacklove.com and black love social channels that ultimately will grow our audience and yield, um, uh, revenue? Mm -hmm. Um, and so one of the first things that we did was, that was Tommy's idea was we put seasons one through three of black love on Facebook streaming for free. I um, saw that. I didn't see that. <laughs> and to be yeah. clear that that actually wasn't a, a revenue play. That was entirely, Hey, we have the ability to do this. People are having a hard time right now. And, if and we they're can, at home. Correct. And if we can give them five minutes of not thinking about what's going on, then we should. Right. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, you know, we get new eyeballs as well on the, yeah. on Black Love, the show, on Black Love, all of our um, other channels. Um, and so we're able, one of the reasons that we created those platforms is to talk to our audience directly, right? Because essentially that's our grassroots marketing. And so being able to put the show on Facebook gave people something else to look at every day Mm -hmm. um, besides the news, but also allowed us to have new people to talk to and to learn yeah. from and to figure out what they want more of. Yeah. I think now is a really, it actually is a really great time for anyone who's, you know, creating content for people to really look at because mm -hmm. I mean, we're home, we're just, consu we're consuming yeah. so much content, whether it is the news and, you know, we need a break from that. So we're kind of, it's like, we're seeking out new content anyways like so I think it's that's a great it's a great move in terms of you know kindness <laughs> but it's also just a great new just a great maneuver to get more people um to be exposed to what you're doing and you know and they'll those are people that'll they'll definitely follow you when things are over and you know yeah it yeah it's been fun it's been really yeah. fun to engage that's with great. like so many new people who are like what is black love oh okay <laughs> Also, from like, a, can I just, can I just congratulate you on, I mean, you own, you own your stuff, you know, like, <laughs> yes. I, that's amazing. That's pretty, <laughs> that's, I think that's very, like, that's, um, I think that's a conversation that it doesn't happen enough where, mm -hmm. you know, I, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who do work in that side of the business and I mean, it's great. They love their jobs, not shading anything, but right. uh, they don't own their content. 
So the right. fact that you do own that and you're able to create, you know, blacklove.com and all of that, and you can do other things in the future. That's, that's pretty amazing. So like kudos. Thank you. It's really Tommy's MO too. I mean, there is a, <laughs> quite a few, pretty much everything. I and mean, what do you not own friend? <laughs> so for me though, I mean, part of it really comes down to looking at it long-term and the idea of making a bunch of money for other people isn't of interest to me. And that doesn't mean I don't want other people to be successful, but I don't want them to be successful off of the sweat equity and effort that we're putting in where we can just sit back and watch them do whatever they want to do. So that didn't make any sense to me. And for me, it goes back to what I said earlier about just the idea of betting on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And for, for season one, we put the time, effort, and money in. And it could have been a disaster. It could have been another one of those things where Cody put her faith in me and it didn't turn out. Not another one of those things. That's never happened. I was going to say, wait, another well, one. Well, no, just as another one of those things where she put her faith in me. And okay, so yeah. fortunately it hasn't happened, but I want to bet on us as much as I can. And I'm the, the people talk about, oh, I wish I would have put money in this stock. I wish I would put money in this stock. Put money in yourself. Like you put money in yourself, you can directly affect how it's going to turn out for years to come. And so for me, that's what it really just came down to. And the idea of building assets, building things that we can leverage for a long time. And so by the time, I don't think we announced the number of episodes that our last deal with OWN was for, but by the time, uh, say next year, we'll own... 30 some odd episodes of broadcast television. Cody and I alone, nobody else. And again, media company, (laughs) we own it entirely. We haven't taken a dollar of investment for any of it. And so to be able to build something that has legs, that is actually inspirational and positive and shows us in the way that we actually are, but we're not seeing enough. For me, that's a a win all day. Tommy, you said something that um, is so powerful to me, but I think sometimes it's hard to really discern um, when is a good time to do this. But when you talk about investing in yourself, and I think sometimes everybody doesn't necessarily know what that looks like. And, you know, when is a good time to invest in this thing for myself? How much money should I do? You know, should I put into this project before it becomes, you know, maybe a little unrealistic? Or how do you know when it's a good time to just I mean, it's a weird question, but I know you know what no, I'm talking no. about. When he said it, I, I totally hooked on it too, because everyone doesn't know the answer, right? Like in terms of, I was going to add to you, invest in yourself smartly, right? Because a lot of people will be like, cool, Tommy just gave me free reign and just put all my money into this, I'll put this all website I'm building. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like, how do you, but how do you, how do you really discern that? So for me, Luck is the intersection of preparation and opportunity. And I make calculated decisions and calculated risk. And part of that comes from being informed. And I read and study and dig into things like no one else that I know. And I've been doing it for for decades. There were times where I remember where I was 12 years old. And my friends were going to go play basketball. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm sitting in the house reading books. 
And so yeah. that was actually the case. And so, and I've been doing that. And so I don't make decisions without having researched quite a bit and being able to distill that into something that actually makes sense and things that I can talk about and talk through. And so it's not just for the sake of, you know, flying off and doing things and just spending money because you have it. Not at all. It's making wildly informed decisions and understanding the the market, understanding what you're digging into, understanding all of those things. Know your industry, know what works and why. Do the research that Tommy's speaking of. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the most important thing is that if you're going to spend a dollar, know why. What's your end goal with that? What's your expectation? Yeah. And then, but the, you also have to be okay either way. And so- you've got to know that you are going to fail sometimes. You, you really are. And so, and that's part of it, but you can't then say, oh man, well, I failed because of this or failed because of that and not really diagnose why. Was it you? Did you not work as hard as you could have? Was it merely an externality that you had no control over? Mm-hmm. Who knows? But without that yeah. postmortem, you don't learn. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Thank you. Thank you for breaking that down. Um, so I know you guys are a part of this super dope program, Chase. It's the, um, the Currency Conversations program with Chase. And can you kind of just dig into a little bit about what that program is and um, why is it so important to you? So I'll answer the second one. I'll let Cody take the first one. For me, currency conversations matter because I grew up in the hood and people did not understand money and it affected every aspect of their lives. And they worked for money instead of having money work for them because they didn't understand it. They understand credit. They understand the importance of savings, which I don't disagree with. They didn't understand the idea of building something and For me, when I learned about Currency Conversations, it just made so much sense because I want all of us to to be informed. I just talked about the idea of being a research junkie and reading and informing myself. And if I have the ability to to get one person to take it more seriously, to, to go do some research, that can have a giant ripple effect on a family. And so for me, that's what it's all about. It's about taking the ownership and doing your research and being able to make better informed decisions. So Chase has an initiative called Advancing Black Pathways. And under that initiative, they have been so dedicated to facilitating conversations in the Black community around money. And these currency conversations have extended to Black women, which, as many of us know, are the fastest growing business owners in our country. Yeah. Um, and now they're, they're making an effort to create conversation amongst couples uh, about finances and specifically in the Black community. And for, I think, all the reasons that Tommy said, it's super important. And really, no matter how you grew up, um, we end up with a money script which is a term that our, our now very good friend, um, Sandra, who is Sandra Davis, who is a financial um, expert, finance day. expert. She's, she's, a, she's so awesome. <laughs> she's but so no matter dope. how you, 
no matter how you grew up, you, you get a money script of some kind, whether it's, I don't think about money at all. It just comes right. Or whether it's, I spend everything I have because you never know what tomorrow will bring, but there's a story that you tell yourself and then you come into a relationship and that other person has a different story. And it doesn't mean somebody's right or wrong, but it's, it's what's going to work best for us as a couple, as a family. And then you add businesses to it, you know, whether it's entrepreneurship or whether it's, you know, you know, your jobs and just figuring out how to maximize those funds as a unit. It's just an extremely important conversation that we should be having constantly because in relationships, we're growing and evolving and learning each other and figuring out how to speak smartly and vulner- vulnerably, transparently <laughs> with one another. And money is just one of those spaces that you don't want to talk about it but you need to. And so, you know, we're thrilled to be a part of, um, the chase currency conversations. I think it's, I think it's amazing. Like from your perspective too, as a couple, because there's so many layers to this, uh, especially for our community. On one hand, we don't talk about money enough at all. And then when there's a couple involved, like that conversation really never happens because when you, you know, we're fed so much negative, information about black love in general. So when money is on that, it's just compounded. And I think like, I think you guys being a part of this whole discussion is really powerful. So honestly, one of the most fascinating and fun things about it is that with black love, we created this show to pull back the curtain on what it takes to make a relationship work. And in one of our early calls, when Chase approached us about these currency conversations, they said, we want to pull back the curtain on, (laughs) you know, how couples manage their finances together. And I was like, oh my God, we're just saying the same thing. It's just important to, to demystify all of the stuff that happens between two people because we think that there's only one way and there's not. And the more that we talk yeah. about our finances and our love and our communication and all of that, the stronger we will be as a community. I agree so much. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know, I really do. I, and I appreciate yeah. Chase and Essence for this. And um, so much so where it's like, I've literally never done a podcast before. Like, I don't, I don't like doing interviews. I don't like doing these oh, sort of no. things. Wait, wait, but, this is your first podcast? This is my first podcast. Really? You're so I, I don't so not good. like talking to people. I, You're I so don't. Good. You... I like podcasts. I do. Yes. I just have no interest in being in front of a camera or in front of a microphone or any of that at all. Yeah. But people understanding finances and figuring out how to put themselves in a better position and being better researched is much more important than my lack of interest in doing these sort of things. Uh, I agree. So that said though, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> being a part of it. I, I mean, I get it. I, do, I have my hangups about certain things too, even working in media. And <laughs> I always want to yeah. be behind the scenes. I don't want, you don't have to see me. I just want, here, let me, let me put you guys out. But I understand that. And um, I can't thank you guys enough for just taking the time. Uh-oh. What you got to say? Oh, no, I was going to say, <laughs> Cody and I actually fight about it. Yeah, about his, his lack of appearances. In part because we did Black Love. People expect to see us together. You yeah. Know? I'm like, yeah, bro. I mean, that in itself is a powerful statement. And it's such a simple, it's, it's a simple statement, but it's so powerful to just see you guys together. I love seeing you guys. And um, I love what you represent. And 
I hope you continue to do it and inspire. And, and I think it's really amazing. So thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> so Cody and Tommy, um, of course, the name of this podcast is Unbossed, um, as in you are your own boss, you are your own leader. And um, I wanted to speak to you guys on this podcast because to me, you are the epitome of what it means to be unbossed. But I have to ask you, what is the word unbossed? What does that mean to you? For me, I would say that unbossed means being my own leader um, and really demystifying, um, man, this is hard, really demystifying um, (laughs) what it means to have someone else um, running your business, whether it is as an employee or whether it is um, entrepreneurship, even with our partnership, I've had to remember that like, he's not my boss. Right. And that there's freedom in that and that we don't have to have the same opinion. Um, and so it's really figuring out what leadership looks like for me. For me, unboss means accountability because you are, ultimately responsible for your success and for the people who are depending on you. And so that means you don't, you're not checking what time it is. You're not checking how much work you put in. It matters whether or not you deliver and it means ultimate accountability. I love that. Thank you both. And um, where can everyone learn more about the work you do as well as um, the Advancing Black Pathways program and all of that. (laughs) You can learn more about all of this at currencyconversations.com and you can learn more about us at at Black Love on IG, blacklove.com, at Black Love Doc on Facebook and And Twitter. And Twitter. And the show will come back later this year also. Well, damn, we telling people that? I think so. It, it, okay. You know what? We, let's put it out there. The pandemic All right. can't stop everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said it many times. Can't stop, won't stop. So. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> Worst kept secret. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you so much. It was truly a pleasure. Thank pleasure you. was ours. Be sure to listen download or subscribe to more episodes of unbossed you can find unbossed on apple Podcasts, spotify google play and wherever you listen to podcasts apple listeners please be sure to leave me a review and let me know what you think be kind but be critical that's okay too don't forget to hit me up on social at marquita underscore harris underscore be sure to use the hashtag unbossed podcast appreciate you thanks guys